Hello, my name is Ulysses Sombrano, and on behalf of Kevin Weiss, we are the hosts of Locked On Race, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Race your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Race is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Race. We're about 416 subscribers, so we're getting up there, guys. Thank you so much for doing that for us. So also be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On Race. And email us, LockedOnRace at gmail.com. Today, I am with a expansion brother, as we call each other, mm-hmm. 1998 Locked On Diamondbacks host, Millard Thomas. Millard, how are you doing? We, we, we have to talk because we are now linked with another trade uh, after our Luplo trade last, uh, last season. Now we have the David Peralta trade. So how are you doing today, Millard? I'm doing good. Trade deadline is upon us. You're probably doing a little bit better than me. Your team is in a winning position out here, winning moves, buyers at the deadline. Well, my team is probably going to be sellers this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, first, uh, I want to thank you for, for taking the time. Uh, let's let's get to brass tacks here. People need to know who David Peralta is. You have seen him grow into basically this, this cult icon in Arizona. Anything that I've read on social media and articles seems like this guy is universally loved mm-hmm. in Arizona. And I do not know if it's because of the on-field uh, display, the off-field um, community help that he does. Uh, can you can you kind of take us and summarize why David Peralta seems to be just a, a really lovable guy that every Arizona Diamondback fan seems to be really distraught about losing him? Yeah, because Dave Peralta, he's not someone that ever made the all-star team. But to D-backs fans, he's an all-star. With his play on the field, he's reached great heights. He's been a 30-home run guy. If you look at D-backs franchise leaderboards, Dave Peralta is pretty much top five in every statistical category for D-backs nation. Like, this is one of the best people to ever don the Sedona Red in Arizona Dimebacks history. He came through the minor league organization. The D-backs brought him up through his entire career, been with the D-backs nine plus years. So when you look at what he's done on the field, he's been a very good player for the D-backs, a goal glover, defensive player, a guy who can hit for you in the middle of your lineup, someone that could um, really great RBI producer, someone that you trust with runners in scoring position in those clutch situations, in high leverage moments, you know, David Peralta is going to come through for you. But like you mentioned, also off the field, you won't find one story of anyone ever having a negative reaction with David Peralta. I know people right now, all the anyone who's ever worked for the D-backs organization, they're right now sending their stories and their messages to David Peralta about all their great interactions that they've ever had with him throughout their time, maybe working with David Peralta, because he's that kind of guy. He's a high-value, high-character guy, and you see it in those post-game videos that they were posting last year, him and Eduardo Escobar after Diamondbacks wins. Even though the D-backs were not a very good team, you saw David Peralta, Eduardo Escobar, uh, rallying all the guys together, doing dance videos, having fun, making people smile. And that's what David Peralta always did. Whenever he played the game, always had a smile on his face, always brought that energy to the ballpark every day. And that's what you want as a fan. You want the players that enjoy the game as much as you enjoy watching them, watch them play and, and play the sport. So for Dave Peralta to live up to a, a certain level of expectation on the field and off the field, be a great community guy, be a great positive leader in the locker room and be a great player that can come through for you in those big moments at the plate. He's someone that's going to be surely missed by Diamondbacks nation. And I think the Rays got a good one here. And for the D-backs, the return, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not loving an 18 year rookie ball catcher for a franchise icon like David Peralta. 
Yeah, it, it it seems to me that I love the trade, which should obviously, in a race perspective, tell you, hmm, what? <laughs> maybe the Diamondbacks would not be so happy. I mean, again, Serta could become, you know, a great ball player, but it is kind of a lottery ticket when you're 19, you're playing in in the Florida Complex League, you you have a handful of professional games, so obviously it does seem a little bit light, but. Uh, I, I guess that that's what the market dictated David Peralta was worth, and um, we will take it. Uh, Raise Nation is very happy to have him. You know, for those that don't know, uh, this is a guy who in 2022 is hitting 248, a 315 mm-hmm. on base, a 457 slugging, uh, 772 OPS. He destroys righty pitching, not mm-hmm. so much lefties anymore. When that when you see that discrepancy between what he does against righties and what he doesn't do. Uh, against lefties has he just become a completely a, a, a platoon kind of guy for the diamondbacks this year not completely but definitely more than he probably did in the past because tory lavello absolutely loves playing the cross matchups like the daisy can tory lavello put all righties versus lefties or all lefties versus righties like he's very old school in that way so there's definitely a lot of days where david Peralta is sitting against lefties but i wouldn't say he's exclusively platoon because he's still a guy that you trust no matter if it's a righty or lefty on the mound like i said in those high leverage moments in the clutch situations he is someone that you're still going to trust in that eighth inning or later on and still defensively from that standpoint he's so he's still someone that you want to have out in the outfield in left field because you know he's not going to make any mistakes there he's not the most athletic player but what he makes up for with his you know maybe average athleticism he makes up for it with his iq very smart defensive outfielder out there he can get to pretty much all the balls um pretty solid arm as well so david peralta i think uh you know he he's not a complete platoon player anymore. I mean, he's not going to be a complete platoon player, but he's not someone that's going to be an everyday player for you if you're the Tampa Bay Rays. You are going to play him mostly against right-handed pitching, but that doesn't mean you can't play him against lefties because he still brings other aspects to his game on the days he's playing against lefties. You know, I, I do like the the fact that you are 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 mentioning the outfield uh, play because I see that he's rated eighty in the eighty eighth percentile for outs above average. 62nd percentile in outfielder jump. Uh, so, I mean, he is uh, a gold glove winner, like you said. And, you know, I, I can wax poetic uh, about him too, uh, even though he is just a Ray, has just been a Ray for one game, uh, going one for four, um, because there's something that we call uh, the Venezuelan bump in Locked On Race. Mm-hmm. Anytime that there's a Venezuelan born player, I always give him the bump. So, David Peralta, freight train. By the, the way, where train. did the freight train? Uh, where did that nickname come from? You know, that's a good question. I've actually never done the research on why he's called the freight train, but it is a fun nickname. And whenever he, you know, whenever he uh, hits bombs or long doubles in the gap, you know, the social media team is going to be like, oh, freight train off the tracks and everything like that. We're choo-chooing <laughs> to the next station. And it's especially fun when you're playing like New York team, like the Yankees or the Mets, and they got the subways out there. So you're going to do a lot of freight train related puns when he's killing those New York teams, because we know probably going to be talking later about how a team in your division is loading up right now for the postseason. Yeah, no, and uh, certainly, I think, um, but b- before we, we, we kind of uh, move on a little bit, I just want to say it's, it's, it's nice to see moves happen when the offense needed some help. I mean, the race offense has just been kind of in a, in a taciturn state, uh, mostly because of injuries, and uh, they needed some, some, somebody who can step up and and provide some uh, run production. I mean, this is a guy, a career 803 OPS guy. Uh, he has 12 bombs 
uh, this year. It seems like he is hitting the ball hard still. He's in the 78th percentile in hard hit percentage. So you're going to get some production of him. They already used him in batting mm-hmm. fifth, which is his best spot in the lineup. Uh, he's actually, when he's put in the in, in the fifth spot, he hits 274 with a 331 on base, a 479 slugging, a 10 OPS. So this is a guy that now you can slot right in there in the middle of the action and, and should be a lot of fun uh, to watch play. Now, what is also fun, yeah. Millard, is eating some built Bars. I love me some oh. built Bars, and they're so, so fun, and they've done it again, okay? Let me introduce you to our new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. Have light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So what you have to do is go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order today. So again, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order at built.com. Well, Millard, um, David Peralta for Serta, fine. We, we've, we've gone through it. How about... Uh, the next moves for the Diamondbacks. Are you mm-hmm. are you foreseeing in the next, you know, few hours any other big names being moved off the Diamondbacks roster? Or do you think the Peralta one was the top name to go? And now that that's out of here, the Diamondbacks are done. Yeah, I mean, I did a pod on Friday just power ranking the D-backs players I thought were most likely to be traded. And David Peralta was number one on that list just because he made the most sense. He was a guy who was going to be potential rental for somebody, going to be a free agent this offseason, not making a ton of money, around like $8 million. So it was going to be uh, pretty affordable for someone as well. So he seemed to be the most likely candidate to be moved, a veteran that could definitely help uh, a contender like Tampa Bay. But I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the D-backs moved some other players. I think Madison Bumgarner could be someone that other teams are interested in of course he's someone that's been one of the greatest postseason pitchers of the last 20 years right since 2000 he's basically one of the most clutch elite big game pitchers when you get to the postseason we've seen what he's done in the world series like a three-time world series champion so we know what he does in the big games the thing is he's a little bit older his the start to his d-backs tenure the first couple years were really bad but thankfully we got brent strom to help um turn him around but Madison Bumgarner still owed $60 million over the last three years, so that could be a big holdup for someone. Christian Walker, I don't think he's going to be moved, but I think he's going to be someone that gets um, a lot of calls about because he's someone that is still arbitration eligible for the next couple yeah. of years. So he's old and he's got over 20 home runs. So he's a cheap guy, going to be around an 800 OPS and hit you 30-plus home runs in a season. He's someone that teams are going to want. And the D-backs got guys like Mark Melanson or Ian Kennedy, back-end relievers who have had a lot of experience um, in the closing role. So I think maybe teams would want uh, those pitchers as well, potentially. And maybe even a guy like Jordan Lumbo, a former friend of Tampa Bay, because he's still a very good platoon player. Double-digit home runs this year can come in, pinch hit situations, and still um, do good in that area. Still a pretty good defensive player. And the D-backs need to unclog some of their outfield spots because they got some really young guys like Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, the number two prospect in baseball. He's on the precipice of being called up. So I think the D-backs want to clear some outfield spots and maybe Jordan Luplo is one of those guys as well. So for teams that are 
just looking to improve their team around the margins, not get that big splash, not get the Juan Sotos of the world, but just wants to do, uh, you know, like another Dave Peralta type trade. And maybe you're missing a back end rotation member, a reliever, or just a platoon at bat. I think teams are going to be calling the D backs to help fill out the, the edges on their team if they think they just need a little bit more for their playoff run. Yeah, no, it's certainly. And, you know, Walker was definitely one of the names that we had uh, highlighted in, in Locked on Race, kind of thinking, okay, what is a control, controllable guy? Uh, Evan Klosky, the sports director for WTSP, uh, he he really wanted uh, uh, Walker to, yeah. to wear uh, a race jersey. So I could see him being moved, uh, certainly, in, in that power rankings of, of Diamondbacks players. Now, um, a lot of action. We are recording this on Monday evening, Monday at mm-hmm. 6 p.m. So a lot of things have happened uh today millard has there been one big name out that you were like what that is happening what 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 kind of how would you do a power ranking of uh, of the traits that we have seen uh go down today yeah i mean the probably the most surprising one was the josh Hader trade i think probably the one that would may might make the biggest impact is actually the frankie montes trade to the yankees but i think the most surprising one was the josh Hader one just because the brewers and when you look at it from their perspective they lead their division right now they're like they're, they're in first place comfortably like the cardinals have fallen back to the pack right now the cardinals i don't even think own a playoff spot at the time of us recording so it's like you're trading one of the most established closers in the game for a package it just didn't feel like it was the perfect time for the brewers to do that there's been rumblings about uh, they don't want to pay Josh Hader, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But I do like the package that they got back because when I look at it from the Padres' perspective, I feel like they did give up kind of a lot for Josh Hader because they gave up Ty, uh, Taylor Rogers, who was their closer this year. I feel like he's basically the middleman's Josh Hader. Like, he's a big strikeout artist as well. They gave up to Nelson Lament, who I know has struggled with injuries the last couple of years, but a still pretty good dart throw to do for someone who was a Cy Young candidate just a couple of years ago. And then they got back a couple pitching, uh, one pitching prospect and an outfield prospect as well. So I look at it from the Brewers' perspective, like I feel like you got a lot of good stuff for a pretty elite closer who are probably not willing to pay. Like even some of Josh Hader's numbers, I feel like maybe maybe he's a little bit overrated because he's got a four something ERA this year because he's had a terrible month back a couple years ago. His ERA was like around a three eight. So two of the last three years, he hasn't been like completely dominant. He strikes out people at an unbelievable rate. But in terms of run prevention, is he that elite of a closer? So from the Brewers' perspective, even though. In terms of the name you're giving up, it feels like, why are you doing this if you're a first-place team? But in terms of the package that the Brewers got back, I think they might have actually won that trade against the Padres. I'm not too sure. I'm not convinced that the Padres actually won that deal. I feel like the Padres might have given up a lot for Josh Hader. You know, that's that's certainly a a, a possibility because I think from the Brewers' perspective, um, I understand what the Brewers front office is, is trying to do. And they even came out with like a big paragraph statement to their fans on why they're doing it. They want to have as many possibilities of to, I think that the quote was to get as many bites of the apple uh, as mm-hmm. possible. That is basically what the race have been saying since 2018. We have to be thinking about not only the short term, but the long term. the more times you get to the postseason, then it's a crapshoot. just, get to the postseason somehow and then it it's just a, a luck of the draw i mean you can see what 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 happened with the nationals you can see what happened with the braves and it's not necessarily the best big team that that gets to to the world series so yeah that's what they're doing i understand that um but man um a guy like josh Hader can definitely shorten out a game 
And in the playoffs, mm-hmm. my goodness, when you only have to cover instead of nine innings, now you only have to cover seven, uh, which the Brewers had with Devin Williams and Hayter. Now you take that mm-hmm. guy out of there. Oof. I mean, it, it's it's a head scratcher, at least for the short term uh, for the Brewers. But what about a, a, another move? There Was was there another move that kind of, you know, piqued your interest? Yeah, well, I was also going to say, I also just think it depends on how you value closers. If you think they're that much of a difference maker, because I don't know. I look at like that Red Sox trade for Craig Kimbrell. They won it in 2018 with Craig Kimbrell on the roster, but he almost blew a lot of those games during those postseason runs. I don't know if there's really been a closer <laughs> since like Mariano Rivera, where you're like, okay, this guy's actually changing life for me in my franchise. So I don't know if like modern day closers, I just feel like closers are like kind of, easier positions to go and fill uh that void like if you can find a pretty good reliever you could probably make him your closer and then save games that way like i feel like there's a bunch of relievers year after year that are coming up through the system that are throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour they could just convert to a closer and just wipe away guys so i feel like putting a ton of investment in a closer might not be the smartest uh move anymore but another move uh to to answer your question the frankie montez move i know you might want to talk about the jose siri move but the frankie montez move because the yankees rotation has already been one of the best in baseball this year they already have like four or five guys with like a three five sub era and so to add yeah. frankie montez to be like your number two or number three starter with garrett cole nestor cortez montgomery because we know luis severino i you know he deals with a lot of injuries we don't know how he's going to be if he's going to be healthy for the postseason so frankie montez to be more than just insurance an actual dude that you're going to throw in at that number two number three um spot in your rotation of the new york yankees like that's pretty good and they got back another reliever as well in that trade as well with some closing experience because we know michael king is going to be out the rest of the year so that trevino is going to be um supplement michael king in that back in that bullpen for the yankees so from the Yankees' perspective, like they've been wheeling and dealing. They've been the most aggressive team around this deadline. Again, Ben Attendi, now this Montez deal, and then they pulled off another deal um, as well, I think, today. So the Yankees are making moves. And from the Rays' perspective, like we've seen the Rays now make a couple moves for outfielders. Like, how are you feeling as a Rays fan seeing the Yankees load up in your division? Uh, I, I got to tell you, when it, it, it's, a, it's a dark day when the Red Sox and the Yankees not only have to spend money to be good. Now they're actually using their brains. And so now that's scarier because usually mm. they had just been pilfering money and, you know, you can't battle with that, but all right, at least they're not that smart. Now their front office is like, you know what the Rays are doing? That's pretty good. We have the wallet to back it up. So why don't we just become the East Coast Dodgers? Cause that's essentially what they are. So now the Yankees, you know, they looked at their roster in the off season and they did an overhaul Let's let's focus on defense. Let's let's fo- let's focus on, on not making s- s- silly mistakes. Let's focus on the pitching, and it has worked out beautifully. I mean, also they've had a lot of help with. I believe at one point they had eighty nine starts, and five guys had done eighty two starts. Mm-hmm. So basically, like no injuries at all from their starting rotation. So that has helped them. But yeah, the Frankie Montas, um, the Benintendi move. Um, if they can sort out Trevino and, and kind of make him a, a, a high leverage guy, it's it's been a really tough Yankee team to face. I think the Rays are actually three and six in, in the nine season uh, uh, games that they've faced. But the Rays have been injured. And also the, the, the games have all, I think out of the nine games, six games have been two runs or less. But again, they don't they don't give out participation trophies, even no. if it's two runs or less. Yeah. You've got to get 
the W. So hopefully, um, you know, the, when the race get a little bit healthier, that the Frankie Montas and the Trevinos and the Benintendis won't really move that needle that much. But it's definitely worrying to see the team that's already ahead in the division by double digits still aim to get much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the division is crazy. Do you, do you, are you pro with what the Red Sox are doing, though? Do you actually think what they're doing is smart with how they're treating their players and maybe moving off them for packages and stuff like that? I know that's your maybe. guy up there in the GM spot. Yeah, yeah, Chaim, we still we, we still like them. Um, you know, I, I think yes, last year kind of caught them by surprise, their their success. And so I think they have to retool a little bit. I think, you know, th- they might have to become a little bit younger. Uh, but I don't know, man. They, I think there's something happening when when you see what happened that week, that that whole week with the Red Sox defense. And that, that was just a blank show. Um, man, you, you got to do something. Uh, I, I don't know if it's overhauling everybody, but I mean, J.D. Martinez could be on the block. Christian Vasquez could be on the block. They definitely said no Bogarts is uh, uh, available. So I guess Red Sox Nation has that to hang their hat on. But yeah, I mean, so, sometimes you you have to retool. And when it when you're the Red Sox, again, you have now smarts in the in the front office. You have the wallet. Just because you sell on August 2nd of 2022, that doesn't mean that in 2023 you're rebuilding. No, like you just now you're a contender again because you did moves in the offseason. You got money to get some good guys from the free agency. So I don't really see them if they sell. I don't think it's like, a oh, well, let's watch. They become the Detroit Tigers. Like that's not going to happen with, with with the Red Sox. But you know they do have some interesting pieces. I mean, Christian Vasquez, man, he's he's an interesting catcher, and uh, I think he would he he would be a really good get for a lot of teams. That's that's for sure. Uh, that, I think he was maybe a a, a good guy to get if uh, the race hadn't gone for Christian Betancourt. Uh, but I think the race, uh, m- maybe the interdivisional traits are not uh, going to happen. Yeah uh this this much uh late in the season but man i'm excited i'm excited uh, i i think you know in in the next uh you know last minutes that we have together i kind of want to talk big picture um what what else do you think that could be the be- the next big domino is it a juan soto uh, uh we we obviously are not going to get Shohei otani be moved as the angel said today that they're that they're not going to to be offering him up but is Juan Soto a Dodger? Is Juan Soto a Padre? Or is Juan Soto a Yankee? What, what, what's going on? Well, can I actually throw it back to you? I want to hear your thoughts on the other move that your team did today with the Jose Siri move. I want to hear a few thoughts on Jose Siri because I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset when I saw that because you guys gave up Jaden Murray to get Jose Siri. It's like we get when we traded Dave Peralta, we got an 18 year old catcher. Like I know Jaden Murray's got some red flags. He might be out for the year with Tommy John. Like that's the kind of dark throw I want if I'm the D backs. Like he put up good stats, but now he's going to be out for the year with injury. Like why couldn't we go for a dark throw like that instead of going after an 18 year old rookie ball catcher? But that's just my perspective perspective as a D-back fan but as a Rays guy how did you feel getting Jose Siri because I know his numbers um are not the greatest this year but he's still a super young guy he's got the speed and I saw you guys also DFA'd Brett Phillips now can you explain to me why people are upset about that because just looking at his numbers I did they didn't look too pretty and I saw people upset that they DFA'd him yeah great great question very timely uh look man I think when 
when you, when <sighs> Jaden Murray, by the way, we had him on the show. Very, very nice, thoughtful guy. Uh, you know, I I think his numbers speak for themselves. He is a really really good get. And you're right. When when you're trading David Peralta, I would have also thought if you're knocking on the race door, why are you not getting a pitcher instead of a catcher who the race mm-hmm. do not have a really good history with developing uh, catchers uh, in their system. So it, it, that that I would also be upset as a Diamondback fan to not at least poach a single pitcher uh, from the race for Peralta. Yeah. But yeah, Jaden Murray, interesting piece. Seth Johnson, amazing stuff going to the Orioles. But of course, with the 40-man crunch that's going to happen, he has Tommy John next year. It makes sense. It's a really good piece. Now, Jose Siri coming back. Now, that's interesting because the guy has done nothing but rake <laughs> in AAA. Nothing but rake. Mm-hmm. I think he has like a one dot one OPS. I mean, he's been insane. But in the major leagues, at least this year, has this year. I think, yeah, just, just a 520 OPS. I think he's dancing around like 60 WRC plus. Uh, I don't think he even hits the Mendoza line. So it has been a really big struggle for him this season in 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 the major leagues he did have some success last year though uh in in even way more limited time so i think he had like 40 uh, plate appearances last year he did terrific this year he has 147 plate appearances and it has been awful so who is jose siri well we do know that he is super fast and apparently he's really really good with the glove he can track him like nobody else he's a really good defender so Overall, you hope that the bat will ultimately play because you know that the defense and the, and the base runner will be there. Now, regarding Brett Phillips, he is a cult hero. He is he is a native of Tampa Bay. He was uh, he grew up in Seminole, Florida. So he was basically 30 minutes away from the trop. He used to go to the trop as a kid. There are multiple pictures of him wearing race gear as young as four years old. In fact. Last Saturday, I'm not even three days ago, I went to this game. There was a giveaway of a Devil Rays throwback basketball jersey with his name on it. Why? Because there's a picture of him as a four-year-old with a Devil Rays uh, basketball jersey. So they actually made a giveaway because of him, because of that uh, jersey that he had. So he's become a cult hero, not only because of that, but obviously the 2020... Uh, World Series Game 4. He's the unlikeliest hero of all time in World Series. I will put up any World Series magical moment. I will. I Nobody can beat Brett Phillips, who hadn't had a hit in the last 20 at-bats against Kenley Jansen in a game that was topsy-turvy. Like, and then and then the throw goes off, and then the bo- the bobble. Randy Rosarena gets in 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 a little tie between third and fourth. Like it's it was it's the most unlikeliest thing to happen, and it happened to Brett Phillips. He is loved among race fans. He's a cult hero. But yes, if you look exactly at the at the Excel spreadsheet, at the Savant, at Fangraphs, the production has definitely slowed in 2022 mm. to a to a just a grinding halt. And so it just became untenable. Uh, and so he was designated for assignment. Uh, you know, we some maybe some team picks him up. Maybe nobody does. And then maybe he can um, sign again with the race. Who knows? But uh, definitely wish him the, the, the best for Brett Phillips because I think that game four has given 
race fans so many good memories and so many good feelings that you kind of remember that um, th- those sort of guys forever. Okay, that makes sense. It's one of those you, you remember where you were when it happened moments. So that makes more sense as to why there's such a following for Brett Phillips. Because I was like, huh, looking at his baseball reference, I was like, why is so many people upset on Twitter with this guy being moved? But now, yeah. now that you explained to me, it makes a little bit more sense. But I think probably next season when you guys get Kevin Kiermaier back, that outfield defensively should be pretty elite. With Kiermaier, Siri, and Arras Arena, like that should be a pretty dynamic threesome that you guys have out there. So I'm pretty excited to see that. Uh, maybe, but maybe. I mean, Kiermaier is in his last guaranteed year of his contract. So there's a oh. buyout. So he most likely will get that buyout and become a free agent. So have the race said goodbye to Mike Zunino, to Kevin Kiermaier, and Brett Phillips all in the same year? That could be a reality. That could be a reality. Mm. That would yeah. be interesting. That would be interesting. I wonder if you guys want to keep David Peralta, though, if you guys just look at him at a two-month rental or maybe at least for another season because when the Braves trade for Eddie Rosario, like they still kept him, still kept for, still kept Adam Duvall as well. So I wonder if the Rays are – because when you trade for these guys, they always consider them rentals. But it's like you can re-sign these players yeah. in the offseason. They, they don't have to walk. Just because you trade for a guy <laughs> exactly. who's about to be a free agent doesn't mean they have to leave as soon as the offseason hits. So I wonder what the Rays are going to do from that perspective. Me too, me too. And, you know, I hope the, the next two months are good for David Peralta and for the Rays, and I hope that that partnership, uh, it goes so well that I can get that Venezuelan bump to him uh, next year too, uh, of course. Well, Millard, it has been a pleasure, of course, always linking up with uh, our expansion team out there in the West. Now, can you tell folks uh, where they can find your stuff? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram. Just search it up. Follow us on YouTube at Locked on Diamondbacks. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. Awesome. Well, thanks again, all of you, for making Locked on Race your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Why not? Locked on Diamondbacks with Millard Thomas. He is really fun and really good. So it's also free and available on all platforms. Again, thank you all so much for subscribing and listening to us. It really means a lot. Take care.